Well, good morning. It is great to be with you this morning. Thanks, Marion, for the invitation to be here. Um, I, it's not very often that I get uh, let loose out of the sanctuary uh, to be somewhere. This is only my second time in three and a half years to be able to, to come and join you all. And I am so excited, especially the throwback series. This is uh, really exciting. I am so delighted and privileged to, to be here and to be able to share with you today. So thanks for allowing me to be here. I'm excited about our time together. Let's pray together. God, what a joy it is to, to be in this place, to be in your presence, to know that the living God, the one that gave us life, that breathed our breath into us is in this space. God, we come to worship you. We are humbled because of your presence. We thank you for what you're doing and for what you will do. Open the eyes of our hearts that we might truly see you today, God. And Lord, it is my deepest desire for more of you and less of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in 1988, some of us remember 1988, uh, there was a song that came out that became an instant classic. And in my opinion, an instant earworm. Um, even so, that 34 years later, there are times I can't get this song out of my head and out of my ears. A year later, 1989, at the Grammy Awards, this song won Song of the Year. It also won Record of the Year. And it won the best male pop vocal performance of the year. This song was written by uh, an artist that not a whole lot of people know much about him, but his name is Bobby McFerrin. And, uh, and McFerrin wrote this particular song, and he wrote it and sang it a cappella. Now, a cappella means no musical instrumentation. It's all human voice. So when he recorded this particular song, it was only the voice that recorded it. And he recorded the lead vocals and all of the background vocals as well. The song is ranked number 31 on VH1's 100 One Hit Wonders of the 80s. And it appears on Rolling Stone's list of the 15 best whistling songs of all time. See if you remember this song. Don't worry, be happy. 
Remember that one? Now it's going to be stuck in your head, right? You'll join me in just whistling that tune. Oh, it's a great message. Don't worry, be happy. But it's easier said or sung or whistled than done, right? Don't worry, be happy. You know, there's a lot in this world that we can worry about, a whole lot in this world. So I want to ask you a question. Do you worry about anything? Silly question, right? Most likely we all have something that we worry about. It seems to be part of human nature to worry about something. So what is it that you worry about? Finances? Inflation? Maybe gas prices? Grocery prices right now? Do you worry about relationships in your life? Do you worry about family? Do you worry about your children or your parents or your grandchildren or your spouse? Do you worry about work? Do you worry about school or, or various social issues that are alive in our world today? Well, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a story about two business executives who, who went to lunch one day. It's been a while since they had seen each other. They went to lunch, and their names, we'll just call them Jim and Bob today. Well, they sat down for lunch, and Jim asked Bob, how's your health? And Bob said, it's great. My ulcers are gone, and I don't have a care in the world. Well, Jim said, how in the world did that happen? And Bob said, well, you know, my doctor told me that the ulcers I was having were caused from worrying. So I hired myself a professional worrier. So whenever something worrisome comes up, I turn it over to him and he does all of the worrying for me. Well, yeah, Jim said, well, I'd love to hire somebody like that. How much does he charge? Well, Bob said, $100,000. Jim, taken aback, he said, how in the world can you afford $100,000? So Jim responded, I don't know. I let him worry about that. <laughs> Thanks, that could have fallen really flat. I was worried You know, there's, there, there's enough things in the world today that, um, that it could cause us to worry nonstop, constantly. Uh, I was thinking we could add the title in some companies of a CWO, a chief worrying officer. That there's so much that we have to, to allow us to worry and to dwell on things. Well, you know, Jesus had a few things to say about worrying. Uh, and it's interesting to think that several thousand years ago that Jesus had something to say about worrying, it makes me think it's probably been around for a while. Uh, each generation has probably had something to worry about um, that Jesus felt it was so important that um, he would spend some time. You may have heard of this particular message and sermon called Sermon on the Mount, um, a really great passage in the Gospel of Matthew. And I'd like to share with you just a few verses here. This is Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. These are the words of Jesus. 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider about the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. And we give thanks to God for this incredible word today. You know, when I read a passage like this from Matthew chapter 6, I can't help but ask the question, Jesus, do you really know what you're asking of us? Or do you really know what you are asking us not to do? The Greek word for worry here is merimna or merimnon. It means to worry anxiously. But when I really start to think about it, when's the last time that worrying has helped any situation we found ourselves in? How has worrying ever been beneficial in our lives? Has it ever helped a particular situation that you found yourself in? Most of the time, we would say, probably not. Then why do we do it? Why do we worry? Well, in the website, Psychology Today, it lists five reasons for why we think worrying helps us. And this is what they say. Number one, if I worry, I will never have a bad surprise. If I spend my time worrying about something, worst case scenario, I'm not going to be surprised whenever that worst case scenario comes true. Number two, it's safer if I worry. Somehow we believe that the act of worrying itself somehow lowers the likelihood of a dreaded outcome. It's a safe way to play it by worrying. Number three, I show I care by worrying. I worry because I care about something. Number four, worrying motivates me. Some people believe that if they stop worrying about something, they'll become complacent or maybe even unproductive. So it motivates them to act and to do something. And the fifth thing that they say, the reason we worry is because worrying helps me solve problems. I find solutions when I worry about something. Do any of those sound familiar? I, 
I can kind of point myself out a time or two in several of those scenarios if I'm honest. But in this passage, in this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is he's making a really big point. And this is his big point. If it's God who gave us our very lives, so why would we worry about the details in our lives? If, if God is the one who gave us our lives, that gives us every breath that we have, why would we worry so much about the small things in our lives? You know, when we worry, at times it's ultimately saying that, you know what, we don't, we don't really trust God in a particular moment in our lives. You see, all of nature depends on God, and God does not fail. But when we put our hope and our trust in the things of this world, these things in our lives will often fail and disappoint us. As Jesus said, the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, they depend on God for everything they need to survive. And we should depend on God as well. But in this moment, Jesus isn't just saying, okay, just don't worry, the end. He says, let me give you a few practical tips. Here's some practical application for you in order to not worry. So what he says is first, seek the kingdom of God. When God becomes the primary presence and the primary focus in our lives, we begin to worry less and worry can begin to disappear. Jesus also says another way to overcome worry is to live one day at a time. That one slaps me in the face because I'm a planner. I like to know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next week, the next month, the next year. I want to know what's going to happen this next activity, this next event. I want to know what's going to happen next. So I spend so much of my time thinking about what's ahead rather than living in and for the moment. Living one day at a time is really hard for me. Anybody else? All right, me and you, that's it. But when we worry about tomorrow, it robs us of the joy today. The theologian and the author William Barclay, he writes, if each day is lived as it comes, if each task is done as it appears, then the sum of all the days is bound to be good. It is Jesus' advice that we should handle the demands of each day as it comes. Without worrying about the unknown future and things which may never happen. You see, when we worry less, we can experience more joy. Maybe, maybe Bobby McFerrin is more of a theologian than we originally thought. Don't worry, be happy. What would it be like if we had more joy in our lives? and less worry? What would our country look like if we had more joy in our lives and less worry? What would the world look like if, if, if joy was our focus, not worry? You see, maybe, maybe Jesus knew what he was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. 
Leo Biscaglia, he said, worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. Jesus knew and knows our human nature to worry about things, many of which are way out of our control. Now, I'm not denying, nor am I downplaying the fact that many of us have gone through incredible trials, we're going through incredible trials, or that we are going to go through incredible trials. I am not downplaying or denying that at all, but it's one thing to be concerned about something and another thing to be spent uh, worrying about something. So as we go through trials, what's our state of mind? What's our state of being? While I love this song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, and it's a great message for us today. I want to suggest changing one word in the song. I know, blasphemy, that I would think about that. But changing one word in that song. And the word I would change is the word happy. Because happiness is circumstantial. When we're happy about something, it's based on a, a current circumstance in our lives. I would propose that maybe we strive to live a life full of joy. Joy is not circumstantial. It's a state of being. And no matter what we go through in life, we can experience joy. The New Testament book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, Although you have not seen him, you love him talking about Jesus. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. You know, those who truly know Jesus as Savior and Lord know joy and experience joy. You see, Peter knew Jesus personally. He had this encounter and this experience with Jesus. And even though we haven't seen Jesus face-to-face -face as Peter did, we can know joy as well. So what does it require to be joyful in life? I've been thinking a lot about this lately. What does it require to, to have joy in our lives? Because you know what? I feel that the world needs more joy these days. It depresses me to, to turn on the news and to see what's happening in the world. We need more joys. So I've come up with a list. This is, for me, some things that uh, I've thought through and I'm trying to live out to see if I can experience more joy. Now, this is not a prosperity gospel. This is not the thing, if you do these things, you're going to become a millionaire. Um, but in my life, to be able to practice some of these things has allowed me to experience more joy in my life as a whole. So the first thing to be joyful in life is the acknowledgement of God's presence in our lives. To acknowledge that, that God is fully present in our lives, but not to end there, but to allow God to move and to act in our lives. It's one thing to acknowledge God's presence. It's another to allow God to be God in our lives. I feel that's one of the, the most dangerous things in our world and society today. It's not the fact that so many people deny that there is a God. It's that we deny God the chance to be God in our lives. 
And if we allow God to move, it's, it's wonderful to see what kind of joy can be found. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 reminds us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. A second thing that allows us to experience joy is contentment. That's a, that's a dirty word these days, contentment. We live in a day and age where we want more. More is better. But m- many of us know that more is not always better. And different isn't always better. But being content isn't necessarily being happy with what you have, the possessions in our lives. Rather, being content is being happy with whose we are, knowing that we are children of the living and the loving God. The third thing that, in my mind, working through what it requires to be joyful in life is humility. If we tend to think of others and their needs, it keeps the focus off of ourselves. That's the beauty. I'm not saying that you, we need to think that we're awful people, but if we think of others more in our lives, it gets the focus off of ourselves. And so the woe is me factor isn't quite so large in a life of humility. You know, we all need things. We all need people in our lives that will keep our minds off of ourselves. Another thing that I feel uh, allows us to experience joy in life is serving. Serving others, even in the small things. When we serve, it's one more way that we become more like Christ. Because Christ came to serve, not to be served. And there are so many opportunities to serve, right? Right here at RUMC in chapel, there are so many ways that we can serve to get plugged in. So if you're not serving right now, I encourage you to find some place to serve others, to see what joy that might bring you in your life. And then the last thing, now the list could go on and on and on, but I know we've got a time limit. And Marian said, I can only talk for 90 minutes today. So... Um, The last thing that for me and experiencing joy in our lives is we need to strive for unity and for harmony. In our world today, one of the first things that goes through our mind is how different we are from each other, how you are different than me. That's, That's how we're wired in our culture, in our society. There's a lot of things that bring about strife and discontent in the world. And we're so quick to point out the differences in each other and what we do. But if we as Christians, we who follow Christ as our Savior and our Lord, if we seek to live lives where, where others are what we see to bring about unity and harmony, if those are our goals... I really feel like we're going to have more joy in our lives to see what we have in common rather than what we don't have in common. But, I mean, let's be honest. We're all works in progress. You know, we we all have a long way before we uh, are, are more and more like Jesus Christ while we're on this earth. But what steps can we take today to make sure that we worry less in our lives in order to experience more joy. Don't worry. Be joyful. 
So right now in, in your life, what is it that you need to worry less about? What is it that we need to, to give over to God in this very moment? So you know what? I'm going to worry less about this situation because most of the time, there's nothing that we can do to make it better. Worrying most of the time is not going to help anything. But if we release it to God, if we allow God to take this, and we trust God to be God in our lives, then true joy can be experienced. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for, uh, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the fact that um, you made such an incredible sacrifice that you became one of us in Jesus. And thank you for his perfect example, for his life and his ministry. Thank you for his death and his resurrection. And thank you for his reign with you now. And God, as we, as we dwell in your presence right now, we thank you that, that, that you hear us, that you long to hear us. You are, are leaning in in this moment to be and to move in our lives. There's a whole lot in this world that would cause us to worry and consume us with worry. But God, in this moment, we, we turn it over to you. We say, we're not going to worry about this anymore, but we're going to turn it over to you because we want to experience more joy in our lives and less worry. So in this moment, God, I'm going to give just a moment of silence for all of us to, to bring whatever it is that we are worrying about to you, to release it to you so that you may take it and provide more joy in our lives. Thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace. Thanks for loving us in and through it all. And God, may we return that love to you by the words that we say and the way that we live. May others know that we belong to you because of our love. Be glorified in our lives. We praise you. We glorify you. And we love you. All in Christ's name we pray. Amen.